Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, November 22nd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Rain this morning, clouds this afternoon, high 59. Tonight and overnight, a few clouds hang around, low 46. Good if you're heading up to the Upper West Side to watch the balloon inflation. And then Thanksgiving Day, nice. Sunshine, high 55. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 50 and raining in Eastchester in Westchester County. 48 and raining in Essex Falls down in New Jersey. And it is 52 and raining pretty hard in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Of course, today's a big travel day. The rain not helping it. The uh Delays we're already seeing, and they started yesterday with those wind gusts and the rain. Uh, holiday travelers lining up at LaGuardia at this hour. Between the rain and the traffic, yeah, mess. Horrible. There was definitely a lot of traffic. We gave ourselves almost, uh, we left at 4, our flights at 8, so we left ourselves some time. Well, I was on time. I left quite early, but there was other people that were in a rush. In my shuttle, so. Yeah, we saw some people sleeping at all three airports, Newark, LaGuardia, and Kennedy last night. But uh, people actually in a pretty good mood, of course, because if you are getting on a plane, likely you're traveling to go see somebody you miss. We're going to uh, my husband's family, this guy here. Yeah. I am so happy. I'm happy. You're happy to see your family? to see my daughters, my granddaughters, my husband, the... My granddaughter. Yeah, so it may take a while to get there. Today we were checking in with the National Weather Weather Service, rather, meteorologist Dominic Ramuni, uh, weighing in on what we might see today, tomorrow. A few gusts between 30 and 40 miles per hour. Uh, Nothing wickedly wild, but certainly enough with the rain perhaps to have a few isolated down trees and power lines along with it. Yeah, it was intense last night. The winds, I heard them howling, the rain coming down pretty hard, uh, still coming down pretty hard across most of the tri-state. So here's the news, of course, that's most important. Everybody wants to know, will it clear out in time for the big parade tomorrow? I still could see a few gusts upwards 20 to 25 miles an hour into Thursday morning. Uh, folks headed out for the parade I might be uh, one of those not necessarily hold on to your hat kind of situations, but noticeably uh, blustery perhaps in the morning. Uh, hopefully not enough to uh, to prevent those balloons from flying, though. Yeah, meteorologist Dominic Ramuni there. So 
the parade balloons, they have this uh, wind gust that it can't go higher than. So steady winds can't exceed 23 miles per hour. It's not clear what's going to be tomorrow just yet. And gusts can't be above 34 miles per hour. If either of those happens, then those balloons are downed for the day. I don't know that it's happened in recent history, but um, either way, of course, we'll watch it right here, 77 WABC. The big story, maybe while you were sleeping, is this morning Israel's cabinet approving a temporary ceasefire with Hamas that expected to bring home the first halt in fighting in this devastating six-week war and win freedom for dozens of hostages held captive in the Gaza Strip in exchange for the release of Palestinians detained in Israeli prisons. This Israeli family, their three-year-old, Abigail, they hope uh, she'll be home soon, reunited with her family. Friday is Abigail's fourth birthday. She should be home with her family and with her sister and brother, and she isn't right now. So you can imagine the hopes are really high on both sides. Uh, everybody's hoping this deal does not fall apart in the next day. But the Israeli cabinet giving it the thumbs up. The deal calls for a four-day ceasefire during which Israel will halt its military offensive in Gaza while Hamas frees at least 50 of the roughly 240 hostages it and other militants are holding. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office said the first hostages to be released are women and children. Now, Israeli lawmakers who gave the green light to this uh, ceasefire four days long uh, say they're hoping it works out, but they don't trust Hamas at all. We have to remember that Hamas is a highly unreliable and dangerous player. Um, we still need to see if they hold to their commitment. And secondly, we also have to remember that we're talking now only about a fraction of the 240 hostages that uh, have been abducted by Hamas. Yes, so a statement released by Qatar, which was part of this whole mediation, says uh, with Hamas, says the deal includes the release of a number of Palestinian women and children detained in Israeli prison. The number of those released will be increased in later stages of implementing the agreement, and it would allow additional humanitarian aid into Gaza. But the Israelis uh, made no mention of either of these elements this morning. Now, uh, you heard the Israelis saying they don't trust Hamas. You have Palestinian activists here who say they don't trust the Israelis. I don't trust them at all. And, and I believe that's the reason why we in the United States and across the world, Palestinians and non-Palestinians who have been marching in the millions, have to continue to, to be protesting and to force the end of the siege the statement from Qatar's foreign ministry described the talks that produced the agreement as a mediation by Egypt and U.S. and Qatar for a humanitarian pause. They said it went well. Hostage releases will begin roughly 24 hours after the deal is approved by all parties. So it's not clear who's speaking for Hamas and the leaders in Gaza, but the Israeli cabinet this morning giving the thumbs up. So despite Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's tough words on this, this is what he's also offered up to Hamas. He says, you let those 50 hostages go 
and they'll extend that four or five day ceasefire each day for each 10 additional hostages that are released by Hamas. So he's uh, holding that over their head. He says, hey, if you keep this going, we'll keep it quiet in Gaza. We'll have to see if those leaders in Gaza take him up on that. There's a lot more connected to that story. We're going to get into it as the morning wears on. But WABC News Time 509 continued to cover what is breaking news overnight. The Israeli cabinet giving the green light to a hostage deal that would uh, stop the fighting in Gaza for four days. Uh, 50 Israeli hostages, uh, most would all be women and children, will be handed over to Israel. Israel will hand over women and children in Israeli prisons. Uh, not clear when this would start. Uh, the Israelis have given the go. We don't know who speaks for Hamas today. Uh, President Biden has been teasing this deal as the Americans have been very involved in the whole negotiations. Nothing is done until it's done. And uh, we have more to say. We will. But things are looking good at the moment. Yeah, it's hard to get excited about this until you see this in play. And that's what the State Department spokesman Matthew Miller was saying late yesterday. We are very close to an agreement, uh, but we are not there yet. As you have heard us say a number of times over the course of the past few weeks, nothing is final until everything is final. And at this point, everything is not yet final. But we are close. There are so many connections of the hostages being held in Israel. Ten of them are American. And to New York City, it includes a Plainview native, IDF soldier, 22-year-old Omer Nutra. His brother uh, speaking out yesterday, describing him as funny, charismatic, and cares so deeply about everyone around him. Uh, He wasn't commenting on these pending negotiations to release the hostages. Omer's probably the strongest person I know. So the sad part for the Nutra family is it would not include their brother likely. They've talked just about 50 women and children. And he says their family has held up uh, when the cameras are there and when they've appealed to people to release their son. But he says behind the scenes, it's been incredibly tough to know that he's being held captive somewhere in Gaza. Behind closed doors, it's it's very tough. Uh, but out in public, they they do whatever they can. They just need to spread the word as much as they can. Are you hopeful that he'll come home? Okay. I have to be. I have to be hopeful. Yeah. So tensions continue, by the way. They remain high on college campuses around the nation as students host demonstrations over the Israel-Hamas conflict. Texas Congresswoman Beth Van Doyne says the administrators have nobody to blame but themselves because she says they've gotten out of control, these protests. Anti-Semitism is exactly what they're being taught on these college campuses. It's coming home to roost. So much of the focus has been on this group called Students for Justice in Palestine. They've been around for a long time. There are claims that members are spreading hate and escalating tensions against Jews. Colleges are following the money. Look, I mean, they're accepting students from foreign nations that are paying 100% tuition. Then you had uh, Governor Hochul back here in New York taking a series of steps to try and combat a rise in online hate speech. Most of us walk to the world with care in our hearts and reject hate wherever it appears. That's why I will not allow our state to be defined by the angry few that peddle in hate and violence. Hochul sending a letter 
to social media companies calling for increased monitoring of content that could incite violence. She's also dedicating $3 million bucks to expand threat assessment and management training to all colleges and universities across New York. It's about helping them recognize how to be smart about sources of information, about what's a primary source versus secondary source. That's one of the people in her cabinet. I've called out the leadership of every major social media company to express not just my indignation, but to demand that they take concrete action to reduce the sickening hate that is being spread on their sites. Yeah, so state data shows there's been a huge increase in online hate speech against Jewish communities and Muslim organizations since the early October Hamas attack on Israel, of course. As more information comes in on this hostage negotiation, again, it looks like uh, Israel has signed off on this plan that would stop the fighting in Gaza for a four-day period in return for 50 hostages being held in Gaza since October 7th. They would be women and children. The Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, taking that a step further, saying that they would, for each day past four days, they would continue the ceasefire if 10 more hostages were released each day. We'll see if Muslim leaders or Islamic leaders take them up on that. 513. Donald Trump laying out his plans to handle a surge of illegal immigration if he's elected. He told a South Texas crowd that he wants to end birthright citizenship. The 14th Amendment was adopted after the Civil War, and its primary purpose was to grant citizenship to all the former slaves. That's uh, Professor Josh Blakeman at South Texas College of Law says it's been used over the years to grant citizenship to any child born here, regardless of where their parents are from. He says he doesn't think Donald Trump would be able to change it's that. It's long been understood that this provision applies. For example, if an alien to the United States gives birth, that child is a citizen as a matter of birthright. No doubt, though, if Trump gets another four years, he will try to change that. The first 2024 presidential debate going to take place at Texas State University. The university says it's up to the challenge. You know, we're talking this is next September. This is an opportunity to use the debate as a pivot point in the national conversation to get people back to talking to each other in a civil way. And even though it's like really far away, they're already talking security concerns, of course, when you have two big candidates on the stage there in front of a large audience. Having a healthy debate can be a step towards more civil communications between both parties, and we want to be part of that. Of course, everybody angles to host these debates. It's not cheap. Hosting the event there at Texas State University next September, they estimate will cost them about $5 bucks. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Hump Day. Good morning, Justin Ellen. Happy Hump Day. Good morning to you, Noam Layden, starting here in the NBA. No local action last night, but the Nets will be in Atlanta tonight for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off against the Hawks. There is more news, though, regarding the unorthodox lawsuit Knicks owner Jim's Dolan plans on launching against the Toronto Raptors. That includes allegations questioning the objectivity of NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Dolan resigned his positions on the NBA Board of Governors Influential Advisory and Finance and Media Committees, according to a memo obtained by ESPN. Dolan also informed Silver and his peers uh, of his intentions to no longer attend Board of Governor meetings, according to the memo. While Dolan didn't relinquish voting power for his franchise, he indicated he would turn to Nick's general counsel in Jamal Zane to uh, represent the organization at the BOG meetings in a court filing Monday or yesterday, I should say, or no, 
Today's Wednesday. I got it wrong, too. All day. <laughs> yeah, in a court filing on Monday. The Knicks said they're seeking more than $10 million in damages from the Raptors as part of a lawsuit alleging the theft of thousands of confidential files and argued that Silver shouldn't arbitrate uh, the dispute in part because of his close relationship with Raptors Governor Larry Tennant. About me. Exactly. <laughs> on the ice, no action last night, but the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils will all be back in action tonight for the Hockey Blue Shirts. They'll be meeting the Penguins in Pittsburgh for a 7 p.m. puck drop while the Devils simultaneously get underway in Detroit against the Red Wings. Half an hour later, it will be the Islanders welcoming them in the uh, Philadelphia Flyers for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop there. And with Week 12 set to get underway tomorrow in the Jets quarterback room in shambles, it's never a bad time to check in on the status of quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers said via, uh, via the Pat McAfee show that if he gets his wish, he will be back on the practice field in two weeks. Only three uh, three months, I should say, removed from surgery on his left Achilles. Quote, I've said that I'd love to be trending towards practicing by my birthday, Rodgers did say. He turns 40 on December 2nd. It wouldn't make much sense to open his 21-day practice window on a Saturday, but December 6th does loom as a possibility. That would give him three weeks to prepare for the Jets' December 24th game against the Washington Commanders, his unofficial target for now, a return. would they bring him back if they have no shot of making the playoffs? I wouldn't. Yeah, why would you do that? I don't know. It makes no mo- no logical sense to me. I mean, so it's just him talking. The team's not saying that they want to put him back on the field. No, I, no, I don't think the yeah. team has, has said anything along those lines. Um, and, I, and I honestly don't think they should. If they're, if they're not really uh, contending, then let him get fully healthy, 110%, come back next year. And then give you a real shot at exactly. winning a title. He's old. Yeah. I mean, for football anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there you go. No, that's sports. WABC News Time 520. President Biden ordering flags to be flown at half staff to honor former First Lady Rosalind Carter. The wife of former President Jimmy Carter passed away Sunday at the age of 96. Flags at U.S. government buildings and military bases will be flown at half staff from Saturday until sunset November 29th, the day Rosalind Carter will be laid to rest. I'm Lisa Taylor. Let's go out to Alaska. Two adults and a girl killed in a landslide in Alaska. Two other people, an adult, two children still missing at this hour. Austin McDaniel with the Alaska Department of Public Safety says another woman rescued from another home in the area. U.S. Coast Guard, as well as volunteer search and rescue team vessels and Good Samaritan vessels are actively searching the water side of the slide area. Aerial searching has been conducted by fixed-wing aircraft, helicopters, as well as small drones. Landslide happened just in the community of Wrangell. It hit uh, three homes, but they think think it's possibly more people are missing. This is very much still a search and rescue operation. We are approaching it with that in mind. And I know that all of our uh, teams on the ground, both volunteer, are looking at it with the same lens. 521, President Biden leaning on lawmakers to change the nation's gun laws. Texas Congressman Greg Kuzar says that something must be done to prevent another massacre like the one that happened next to his district in Uvalde. We need to turn thoughts and prayers into real actions and solutions. Looking at a memo out this week from the Biden re-election campaign warning that a second Trump presidency will cost more American lives. There have been 35,000 people killed by gun violence alone this year. It's something we need to be talking about. I want to press on why we have not yet closed the gun show loophole that allows people to buy guns without going through a background check. Trump told the NRA convention this year that if elected, he would support a tax credit to reimburse any teacher for the cost of a concealed carry firearm and training. 522, 
Sam Altman is moving to Microsoft to help lead a new artificial intelligence group after being ousted last week as CEO of OpenAI, ChatGBT's parent and the company he founded, by the way. Altman recently spoke about the future of AI and taking steps and taking advantage of its upside. I believe that we will be able to mitigate the risks in front of us and really capitalize on this technology's potential to grow the U.S. economy and the world's. And I look forward to working with you all to meet this moment. This was a big moment at ChatGPT headquarters. Hundreds of employees at OpenAI have signed a letter calling on the board that pushed Altman out to step down and threatening to join the new venture over at Microsoft. The IRS postponing a rule for the second year in a row that would impact tax filers who receive business income via payment apps like Venmo. They include Venmo, PayPal, Etsy, Airbnb, or others. The change would have brought in 44 million more 1099K forms in January to those filers, who would include small business owners, freelancers, and gig workers. The IRS said it's delaying implementation yet again because of potential taxpayer confusion. I'm Lisa Taylor. Okay, tomorrow is Thanksgiving when it comes to cooking a turkey. CDC says you should set the oven temperature to at least 325 degrees. Place the completely thawed turkey in a roasting pan that is two to two and a half inches deep. USDA food expert Meredith Sior says you should use a food thermometer as well. And we really recommend to check the temperature in three places, the thickest part of the breast, the innermost part of the wing, and the innermost part of the thigh. There's always somebody, by the way, who screws this up. doesn't matter how many times we give directions. Everyone loves first responders, but not at Thanksgiving dinner. According to the National Fire Protection Association, Thanksgiving Day, by far the leading day of the year for home cooking fires. There are more than three times as many home cooking fires on Thanksgiving Day than a typical day of the year. That's a 297% increase over the daily average. Yeah, it's uh, multiple dishes cooked, baking at the same time, distractions from entertaining guests. Uh, they you know, recommend you should never leave the oven alone, but of course people do. They want to schmooze with the guests who have come over for Thanksgiving. They're being a lot of distracted cooking a lot of times because they're trying to, you know, engage with guests and cooking multiple dishes at once. And if you want to fry your turkey, they say leave it to the professionals, except for WABC's own James Flippin, who fries his own turkey every single year. He seems to... I haven't noticed any burn marks on them, so it seems to be okay. They just present too high a fire risk to be used safely. If you want to have a fried turkey, go to a grocery store, go to a restaurant, order from somewhere where they can do it safely. Uh, yeah, but fried turkeys, they do taste pretty good because you know what? They keep in the uh, moisture. So, uh, you know, turkey's usually dry, but when you fry it, it does. it is not dry. Uh, lots of people, of course, uh, heading out to the airports at this hour. A lot of people probably listening to us on their way to Thanksgiving somewhere. Uh, t- TSA has been warning all week about what food items you can bring on the plane with you. Some food for thought. You can bring solid foods to a security checkpoint. However, if it's not a solid item, you need to put that in a check bag. I, I was surprised about how many people actually bring food with them in their suitcase to Thanksgiving meal. I guess they don't think much of the cooks on the other side. And we expect there's a high likelihood that perhaps on the Sunday after Thanksgiving this year, we may indeed the another one added to that top 10 from this year. Oh, they're talking about busy days for the airports. Most Americans, of course, hoping to avoid politics at the Thanksgiving table. A Quinnipiac University national poll shows that more than 60% of Americans would rather not talk about the subject. 
On the other hand, just under three in every ten said they look forward to discussing politics this holiday. A news release from the university's polling analyst says, quote, a healthy dose of Zip It will be on the menu this year. <laughs> okay. I'm Brooks Walker, okay. NBC News Radio. Sorry there. All right. Black uh, Friday sales already underway at some major retailers, despite Thanksgiving uh, not have happened yet. It starts earlier every year. Shoppers pleased to see retailers spreading out the deals to avoid that huge rush on the day after Thanksgiving. I do not miss standing out in the freezing weather with a hundred other people waiting for a particular toy. Yeah, do you remember that? People used to go crazy. They would set up a tent outside like Best Buy, hoping to get some item. Nordstrom's West 57th Street revealing its holiday windows yesterday. Saks Fifth Avenue debuting the holiday light Building display and windows last night. It's uh, it's that time of year. What a great time in New York. We spread out the deals so that they don't have to have one day where they gotta stand outside and wait for those deals and hopefully catch a deal. Yeah. So the National Retail Federation predicts a high number of people will shop on Thanksgiving weekend. Let's take a look at the numbers. Tuesday, a down day on Wall Street as the latest Federal Reserve minutes gave no indication of possible rate cuts. Meanwhile, new data shows existing home. Home sales, they fell again in October to their lowest level in 13 years. Amazon shares fell more than 2% on reports yesterday that former CEO Jeff Bezos plans to sell even more shares in the e-commerce giant. So at the closing bell, the Dow lost 62 points. S&P 500 slipped 9. The Nasdaq fell 84 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noam on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Wednesday, November 22nd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Rain this morning. Clouds this afternoon, high 59. Tonight and overnight, a few clouds will hang around, low 46. And then just beautiful for the parade tomorrow. Sunshine, high 55. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 50 raining in East Chester, up in Westchester County. That's a little confusing. 48 and raining in Essex Falls, down in New Jersey. And it is 52, and we'll call it misty here in Midtown. Did you hear the big announcement yesterday from 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis, who wants to bring the pandas back from China? We, we covered the story a couple weeks back when the uh, China asked for the pandas that were on loan to the National Zoo to be returned. So they did return them. So now John is hoping to convince China to bring the pandas back here to the Central Park Zoo. How cool would that be? 77 WBC owner-operator John Casamitidis wants the pandas back in America, and he wants them right here in New York City. Three pandas from Washington's National Zoo on loan from China were returned home earlier this month. Mr. Casamitidis is trying to convince the Chinese government to loan out panda bears to the Central Park Zoo or even construct a panda pavilion in New York City. He's calling it a symbol of peace and culture. Look, New York is the capital of the world. It's stumbling a little bit right now. We need some help. And if it's going to bring 10 million new uh, new uh, tourists to New York, if it's going to uh, exchange culture with China, what, what, what could be better than that? He says so far there's been positive feedback from the Chinese ambassador and is calling for a panda exploratory committee. We need tourism. We need people to come to New York. 
everybody loves pandas. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. Everybody does love pandas. I hope that does work out. Uh, while we're talking animals, a family in New Jersey just dealing with what is unimaginable pain this morning. One person still unaccounted for following a fire that tore through a home in the hillside yesterday. Uh, fire officials say three members of this same family were able to escape, but one of them, a woman, her name is Edith, she raced back into the house to save the family pet and never came back out. Here's her brother. Wake up, there's a fire, get out of the house, call 911. She said it twice. I called out for her, Edie, where are you? No response. I wanted to go in there. If, if even a peep, I'd hear, I'm over here. I would have ran in there and took her out. But nothing. She was down there somewhere, and she just never came out. Yeah, so still no sign of her so far. The home had been under renovations for weeks. Uh, now, of course, just the day before Thanksgiving, fire investigators combing through the charred structure in a burnt-out car trying to determine what caused the tragedy. The brother, who you've been hearing from, he had just uh, made amends with his sister. Not clear what the two had fought about, but they were back living in the same home. And now you can imagine he's just devastated. She was fun. She liked to laugh. She liked to go out. She was like happy-go-lucky. Whatever it was that she did in her life, she completed. And it was just God's way of saying this is her time to go. you got to hope to God that... She's in the right place now. Yeah, I guess a good lesson if you're on the outs with somebody in the family, a good time to make amends. Um, no word yet exactly what started this place. She was fun. She liked to laugh. Yeah, so a little more from him. In a dog napping mystery up in the Bronx, six teacup poodle puppies have gone missing from an apartment there. The dog's owner says the thieves took an entire litter right out from under their mother, Lucy. I came home and all the puppies were gone. Somebody broke in and took all the puppies. Yes, so investigators say the masked puppy bandits somehow had keys to this apartment and they got in. The dog's owner, Margaret, says she thinks someone heard about the dogs that had been birthed in her house and wanted them. So they stole her set of keys when she was out with friends. can't really put this whole story together, how they got the keys, but they did. And clearly they knew she had the dogs and now they're gone. Someone came into your home. And stole these puppies. That's a real violence. It was terrible. I mean, like, I'm scared for my safety and the safety of, you know, others in the building. Yes, yeah, so if someone got hold of your keys, you would think this would be a hard, not so hard mystery to solve. So far, police have not. The puppy's just four weeks old. WABC News Time 539. Let's go out to the United Kingdom. Cops there say a New York teenager who was studying abroad stabbed to death by his housemate, Sachin Hawkins, a British-born 19-year-old who's from Freeport, Long Island, attending the University of Hull with plans to become a special education teacher when he was stabbed to death in his kitchen. I'm totally confused. I haven't got to the anger stage. I'm I'm just, why? What what happened? Sachin's mother, there, who did not want to be identified, described her son as special and said she had a love, he had a lot of love in his heart. He was a special kid. He had so much love in his heart. Police haven't speculated on a motive. In the meantime, Sachin's mom has set up a GoFundMe to bring her son's body back home to Long Island. 540, they caught up with this creepy woman who threw hot coffee at a man in a playground in Brooklyn. Her name is Hadassah. She's been charged with 
a hate crime, reckless endangerment, after the incident at the Edmonds Playground in Fort Greene last week. So apparently she ran up to this guy who she thought was Palestinian or Arabic of some sort, and she threw hot coffee on him. Ends up uh, that he's of Indian descent. He was with his 18-month-old son at the time. Thankfully, they're okay, and this woman now has uh, been caught. The community has driven her to surrender herself. Uh It's been not just shared on my social, it's been shared... I feel like every person in New York knows about this. Yeah, and that's how they were able to catch up with her. Boy, you're tired of all these stupid attacks back and forth. It is the uh, holiday season, but it's also season for the flu. We're being warned again here. COVID, RSV rising again. No doubt they'll go up after everybody flies all over the country. It always does. The flu season. CDC Director Mandy Cohen, who grew up in Baldwin, out of Long Island, visited NASA University Medical Center and says cases, yeah, are on the rise. COVID numbers are low, but look, nearly a thousand folks in, in New York have died of COVID in just the last three months. So right, it is still here. Yeah, COVID's still a danger. Doctors also seeing an uptick in the past few weeks of flu and RSV cases. Meantime, medical experts say most of the children hospitalized for flu have not received their flu shot. Let's go down to City Hall at 541. Mayor Adams says public safety agencies are safe from the next round of budget cuts. Of course, the FDNY, uh, the NYPD saw 5% cuts in this latest round. Adams says both those organizations, along with the sanitation department, will not have to make additional cuts as long as the updated budgets they hand in the next round are up to date. Everything is on the table. We don't want to do anything that's going to endanger uh, public safety. That's the foundation that, that the city's built on. We have to be safe. Budget Director Jacques Jiha says the migrant crisis is forcing the city to pinch pennies, but says officials are looking at ways to cut the migrant budget by 20 percent. He says the state has indicated it'll be pouring less money into the crisis as it moves away from funding shelter and invests more in job programs. And so I know you, New Yorkers are angry when they hear about these efficiency cuts. Well, you New, York, New Yorkers, I want you to know I'm angry also. Oh, uh, you should see how angry they are. Surf on over to our Instagram, our social media pages, and you can see a video with the mayor and New Yorkers responding to those legit budget cuts. The governor gave some clear indication that, you know, that she'll be working with her staff, okay, to see what she can do to provide uh, some kind of assistance and relief to the to the state. Yeah, and that's the budget director there. Meanwhile, Mayor Adams says he loves travel as he explains the amount of times he's been to Turkey. His trips to Turkey have come into question since the FBI started looking into Adams' campaign finances, favors, and possible influence by the Turkish government. I believe in exploring the globe so I can become a better mayor, a better borough president, a better state senator by having a global view. Because I'm, this is a, New York City is an international city. Mayor says he's hiring someone to set up a legal defense fund because New Yorkers have reached out to his team wanting to help. He anticipates legal fees could be up to a million bucks. So someone wrote an article and said Eric went to 80 Turkish events. I must have went to 300 African events. <laughs> you know, I'm an international mayor and I enjoy the excitement of an international city. People reached out to... Uh, our uh, team and said, you know, New Yorkers reached out because they said they want to help. Uh, you know, something of this magnitude can go into hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not a million dollars. His legal team remains tight-lipped about this FBI investigation. 544, 
No known credible threats, thankfully, to the big Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade tomorrow. However, security will be beefed up with New York under a heightened threat environment because of the war between Israel and Hamas. Are we seeing an increase in calls for violence? Absolutely. Those calls are coming from outside of the country and inside of the country. Uh, But there are no credible threats. That's the commissioner of the state's Division of Homeland Security and the Emergency Services, Jackie Bray. She says everyone should feel safe. Don't have a second thought about going to the parade tomorrow and to other activities during the Christmas season. Uh, So they say police are out there. They're watching. They're looking everywhere to make sure people are safe. I will be out celebrating Thanksgiving. The governor will be out celebrating Thanksgiving. New Yorkers should feel safe uh, to go about their holiday and enjoy their family. Yeah, so we'll watch that. Of course, a big parade tomorrow morning. Tonight is the balloon inflation on the Upper West Side, and it's going to be a nice night for it. The clouds, uh, it'll be a little cloudy, but the rain will be gone, 45. That's not too bad. And then parade time tomorrow morning, it'll be in the 50s. So it'll be a great day to be out on Broadway watching the big Macy's Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day Parade. About a million, by the way, expected to line that route. 545 now. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Layden. Start here in the NBA. No local action last night, but the Nets will be in Atlanta tonight for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off against the Hawks. There's more news, though, regarding the unorthodox lawsuit. Knicks owner James Dolan plans on launching against the Toronto Raptors. That includes allegations questioning the objectivity of NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Dolan resigned his positions on the NBA Board of Governors Influential Advisory slash Finance and Media Committees, according to a memo obtained by ESPN. He also informed Silver and his peers of his intention to no longer attend Board of Governor meetings According to the memo, while Dolan didn't relinquish voting power for his franchise, he indicated he would turn to Nick's general counsel, Jamal Lassane, to represent the organization at the BOG meetings. In a court filing Monday, the Knicks said they're seeking more than $10 million in damages from the Raptors as part of a lawsuit alleging the theft of thousands of confidential files and argued that Silver shouldn't arbitrate the dispute in part because of his uh, close relationship with Raptors Governor Larry Tenenbaum. On the ice, no local action last night, but the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils will all be back in action tonight uh, for the Hockey Blue Shirts. They'll be meeting the Penguins in Pittsburgh for a 7 p.m. puck drop while the Devils simultaneously get underway in Detroit against the Red Wings. Half an hour later, it'll be the Islanders welcoming the uh, Philadelphia Flyers for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop there. And with Week 12 set to get underway tomorrow and the Jets quarterback room in shambles. It's never a bad time to check in on the status of quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers said via the Pat McAfee show that if he gets his wish, he will be back on the practice field in two weeks, only three months removed from surgery on his left Achilles. Quote, I've said that I'd love to be trending towards practicing on my birthday, Rodgers did say. He turns 40 on December 2nd and wouldn't make much sense to open his 21-day practice window on a Saturday, but December 6th does loom as a possibility. That would give him three weeks to prepare for the Jets' December 24th game against the Washington Commanders, his unofficial target for a return. No, Aaron Rodgers can yes. talk all he wants, right? But the team has exactly. to agree that that's a the good team, idea. The team, of course, has to agree, unless he holds a way more, you know, I guess, standing power in that uh, front office than uh, well, he than probably we think does. He does right? Yes, but when it comes to like uh, an injury like this, yeah, I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, you would have to. Um, Kind of surrender to the medical team, no? You would think so. I would, unless he thinks he's the Almighty, which that's not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I think he does. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But the team's going to have the final say. Yeah, hopefully. You would think. You would think. That's Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Ellick on uh, 77 WABC. All right, let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. Of course, one of the bigger ones is people just getting out of Dodge for Thanksgiving, talking with people at LaGuardia Airport who had some big-time delays. No doubt you noticed the wind and rain overnight. It was pretty intense. It's going to calm down, thankfully, as the day wears on. But there were some delays and cancellations over the last 10, 12 hours. Between the rain and the traffic, yeah, mess. Horrible. There was definitely a lot of traffic. We gave ourselves almost... uh, we left at 4, our flight's at 8, so we left ourselves some time. Well, I was on time. I left quite early, but there was other people that were in a rush in my shuttle. So. Ultimately, though, of course, it's a big family holiday. People will get there, and they'll get to celebrate being with loved ones. Right, we're going to uh, my husband's family, this guy here. Yeah. I am so happy. I'm happy. You're happy to see your yeah, family? to see my daughters, my granddaughters. National Weather Service meteorologist Dominic Ramuni was predicting about two inches of rain overnight. It was come down hard. I would believe it would have been around two inches. A few gusts between 30 and 40 miles per hour. Uh, nothing wickedly wild, but certainly enough with the rain perhaps to have a few isolated down trees and power lines along with it. So here's the good news is it will clear out as the day wears on. Great weather for the balloon inflation up on the Upper West Side tonight. Really great weather for the parade tomorrow. We still could see a few gusts upwards 20 to 25 miles an hour into Thursday morning. Uh, folks headed out for the parade uh, might be uh, one of those not necessarily hold on to your hat kind of situations, but noticeably uh, blustery perhaps in the morning. Uh, hopefully not enough to uh, to prevent those balloons from flying, though. So we checked in with Macy's before we came on the air. We couldn't get any confirmation. It's all about whether the balloons fly because that's the most exciting part of the parade. Steady winds cannot exceed 23 miles per hour and gusts can't go above 34 miles per hour. That's how they decide whether to fly the balloons. So we'll check in with them in the day wears on and see what they say about tomorrow and those balloons getting up into the air. The other big story overnight, breaking overnight, the Israeli cabinet approving a temporary ceasefire with Hamas that is expected to bring the first halt in fighting in this devastating six-week war and will win the freedom for dozens of hostages held captive in the Gaza Strip in exchange for the release of Palestinians detained in Israeli prisons. This Israeli family, their three-year-old Abigail, uh, she's been held hostage for more than four weeks now, and they're hoping maybe this means they'll all be reunited. Friday is Abigail's fourth birthday. She should be home with her family and with her sister and brother. And she isn't right now. You can imagine how high the hopes are. Let's hope uh, that doesn't fall apart. This deal, it calls for a four-day ceasefire during which Israel will halt its military offensive in Gaza while Hamas frees at least 50 of the roughly 240 hostages it and other militants are holding. It's going to be all women and children. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel Prime Minister, he says the first hostages to be released um, will be released in the coming days. They wouldn't give us a timeline, but the parliament there giving the thumbs up. But there are plenty Israeli lawmakers who have approved the deal today, but say they just don't trust Hamas to carry it out. and They won't believe it until it is done. We have to remember that Hamas is highly unreliable and dangerous player. Um, We still need to see if they hold to their commitment 
And secondly, we also have to remember that we're talking now only about a fraction of the 240 hostages that uh, have been abducted by Hamas. Yeah, so some of the hostages potentially to be released will be the American ones. The thought is at least 10 are being held in the Gaza Strip. We don't know how many of those hostages will be released. A statement released by Qatar, who's been involved in this mediation, this negotiation between Hamas and Israel, says the deal, part of this deal, is the release of a number of Palestinian women and children detained in Israeli prisons. Now, apparently that would not happen until the hostages in Gaza were released. If this is what we're being told by the people who've negotiated all of this, uh, the two sides, like I said, do not trust each other. That includes Palestinian activists who are watching these negotiations and say they don't trust Israel. I don't trust them at all. And, and I believe that's the reason why we in the United States and across the world, Palestinians and non-Palestinians who have been marching in the millions have to continue to to be protesting and to force the end of the siege. So this is what we're being told. Hostages released will begin roughly 24 hours after the deal is approved by all parties. The thought is the Hamas militants who are in charge in the Gaza Strip have already given the green light. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli prime minister, is uh, saying we can do better. We could, it's a four-day truce right now for those 50 hostages, but he says they'll continue the truce uh, day by day if 10 hostages are released by Hamas, uh, additional hostages are released by Hamas each day. We'll have to see if they take advantage of that. Uh, President Biden, over the last couple of days, has been talking about how this hostage deal is very close, and it sure seems even closer right now. Nothing is done until it's done. And... Uh... We have more to say. We will. But things are looking good at the moment. And over at the uh, State Department, the spokesman there, Matthew Miller, talking about the current talks. He's keeping his fingers crossed, too. We are very close to an agreement, uh, but we are not there yet. As you have heard us say a number of times over the course of the past few weeks, nothing is final until everything is final. And at this point, everything is not yet final, but we are close. So here's the tough part is the people who will be left behind, at least initially, and it includes a Plainview, Long Island native, an IDF soldier, 22-year-old Omer Nutra. Now, if they keep to just the 50 hostages being women and children, he would not be released. Omer's brother, Daniel, uh, speaking out yesterday, talking about his brother. Omer is probably the strongest person I know. Daniel Nutra and his parents want Omer back home on Long Island. Uh, he says, Daniel, that uh, his parents have kept up a good front as they plea for his return. But he says behind the scenes, when they're home alone, it's pretty tragic. Behind closed doors, it's, it's very tough. Uh, but out in public, they, they do whatever they can. They just need to spread the word as much as they can. Are you hopeful that he'll come home? Okay. I have to be. <laughs> I have to be hopeful. Yeah, you have to keep that hope alive again. So the thought is in 24 hours, now that it's been approved by both sides, 50 hostages from Gaza, women and children will be released in return for women and children being held, uh, Palestinian women and children being held in Israeli jails. How this is going to play out, where it's going to play out, who's going to do the handoff, all that is left to be said. Of course, as more details come into us, we will pass them on to you.